With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Saturday. One o'clock, and you know what that means here on the East Coast. It's time for intelligent ignorance, and I can't be heard. You can't hear me. He can't hear me, so let me bring our dad in. You got me now? You can hear me now? I hear you loud and clear, Jay. I hear All you right. loud and clear. Oh, you know what? I didn't put you in a thing. I'm sorry. Everybody can hear me but you, our dad. That's my bad. Everybody can <laughs> hear me but you. So welcome back to Intelligent Ignorance. It's 1 o'clock on a Saturday here on the East Coast, right here on New Twist Radio, the live podcast, the live version. You were listening to me on phillygoflow.com all week. This is what I'm talking about when I say the live podcast on New Twist Radio. It is myself. It is our dot. And we are doing our thing. We the guest today. But before we get to the guest, I got to bring in the star of the show. You already heard his voice. I say he's the star of the show because, well, it's his show. <laughs> That's just what I said. It's his show. We put this together for him. Without further ado, Mr. Arda, how you doing, buddy? Hey, buddy, how you doing, buddy? Man, <laughs> man, I wanna, I wanna, uh, I wanna use the famous line from Rick Ross: "I'm not a star, somebody lied. I am just another piece to this major puzzle we got going on right here called intelligent ignorance. I am one half, one half of the duo. So, uh, man, Jay." But thank you, thank you, thank you for letting us put together another episode today. You know what uh, number episode this is, right? It's in the twenties. I'm not sure exactly which number because uh, the, the 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 counter got messed up a little bit with some of the other things I was I was doing with some interviews and stuff. so the counter got a little messed up. But um, I think it's in the twenties. I'll, I'll count it up after the show and let you know. <laughs> oh, but, I mean, do you hey, know? Man. Do you already know? I, I have absolutely no clue. I don't even keep up like that no more. We've we've done so many shows that I just I lost count. I lost count. But we well, definitely we gotta started, get that episode count up. We 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 started this show officially, I believe, in September, right? Um, I yeah. want to say it was September. About uh, in September, we did a show back in like June, just kind of testing the waters out uh, with a few other people, where a couple other people were with us. But then we started doing the show here in June and in, in September, and we've been going consistently pretty much ever since. Um, and, you know, so many things going on this week, man. Let me let me tell you something. I saw something on, on social media this week uh, that said 20. We've had a year's worth of news in 2019 already, and it really feels that way. It really feels that way between. Donald Trump and the wall and all the things going on there and Smollett between. R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, all the things that we've been, you know, that has been going on this year. I mean, there's even more than that. I mean, there's, you know, the sports, sports have been going on. There's been local, local news, entertainment news, 
all types of things going on. It, it just think like this year, I'm already ready for 2020. <laughs> you know, I'm ready for 2020. I hope 2020 can be a relaxed year and it's only February. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot going on uh, so far in 2019, man. It's just been it's been one of those crazy years, and it seems like it's just a lot of the stuff that's happening right now. And I was having a discussion earlier with a good friend of mine that there are so many pieces of distraction news coming out right now that keep us not focusing on the bigger picture news. So it's great when we uh, it's great when we talk about some of the lighter things, but it's also really cool that we bring forward some of the topics that may not necessarily always hit the mainstream. And I know you and I were talking a little bit about that, uh, the Coast Guard terror plot that, you know, of course, I didn't, I didn't see it on CNN. I didn't see it on any of the mainstream news, uh, but it was a topic of conversation over the last few days. And it's just, it's like, hey, we've been lost behind Robert Kraft uh, and his scandal. We've been lost behind R. Kelly and his scandal. Just Jesse Smollett and his scandal. Uh, that these are such big focal points that we miss something as important to the public as a terror plot by somebody who's affiliated with our United States Armed Forces. It's just crazy, man. It is crazy, and it's actually not even the first time that. Um, that someone within the arm within our military has has been um, involved in something like this. I can remember maybe about ten, eleven, twelve years ago, there was a guy that was that started shooting at a at a military base. I want to say it was in Jersey. I, I'm sorry I didn't look it up before the show because I just just popped into my mind. I don't I don't remember if it was in Jersey or somewhere down south where a man started, you know, was shooting up a um, a military base who was part of the military. I, I forgot his name. But, um, you know, that was mainstream news because at that time when that happened, it wasn't as common for things like that to happen as it is now, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, with that being said, um, you know, these things, there, there are more important things than Jesse Smollett. There are more important things than Robert Kraft. Um you know, and with you know the the stuff with R. Kelly going on, which we're going to talk about today too, because we've talked about R. Kelly quite a few times on this show. Um, there's many, there's many, many things that we can talk about that are a lot more important to whomever. But who knows? You know, they they talk about these things because it makes money. It gets clicks, it gets eyeballs, and it makes money. That's what the media talks about. So, but. I don't really want to get into that right now. We do have a guest today. If, if you're joining us, you join, you know that we we have a guest with us today. We have the uh, – Arda, you want to do the introduction? I want, you, I want you to do the introduction today. Oh, man. Well, you know what? And it's interesting because I want to say that this is – we have not had a show in 2019 so far where we didn't have a guest. So every episode really? so far this year, we've had a guest on. And I actually like that feel. But uh, – an absolutely amazing friend of mine. Uh, I am blessed to call this young woman a friend. Uh, we have known each other for about the last decade, and she has done some amazing things. Uh, actually, over a decade. I won't even get into the time frames, but it's just seeing her transition in life so much. Uh, she is now uh, about to release a book. 
she is launching her nonprofit. Uh, she is an activist. She was just in a play called The Survivor's Monologue. Uh, so I know we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, just so many things. But let me bring on Miss Nicole B. Jones Davis. Davis, how you doing, how Nicole? You? How are you? <laughs> Hello, y'all. How y'all doing? Thank you for having me on to the show. Well, thank you. Thank Absolutely. you for being being uh, being with us today. Very excited to have you on and talk about some of the things that that you uh, you have coming coming forward uh, within your career. Um, so, uh, first, before we get forward, before we get started, um, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get to into paid. We do want to get into getting paid. Or paid, I should say, not <laughs> getting course, paid, but I course. I like to get people excited. People like to hear getting paid, but we're gonna be talking well, that, about paid. Hey, 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 I'm into branding. You know, I know that everything that you say and speak, you know, it, it has a exactly. purpose. So we definitely exactly. want to get their attention. <laughs> exactly. But, but tell um, us about yourself, man. First of all, I want to say, like, man, y'all, y'all been phenomenal. I have caught a few of y'all shows. Um, man, every single show is like y'all, y'all getting better and better and better and better. Oh, thank you. And thank the you. topics that you guys are discussing, discussing are like things that we definitely need to be talking about, especially within our communities, you know, it's things that our people need to be aware of. Um, so man, I just commend y'all for, for putting it out there, starting it and getting it going and being consistent with it, man. I applaud y'all. I, I had a show previously, so I know how hard it is to keep something like that for one on a time frame. Consistently <laughs> and count oh, yeah. on your guests to show up and show out for you because I mean I'm coming on your show you know you're not coming onto my platform I you know I'm I'm very humbled to come onto your platform so I just want to say thank you y'all um, man I speak many blessings over the prosperity of what y'all are doing that it goes bigger higher and more people that really need to to listen to it get elevated by everything that y'all be saying man wow thank you thank you so much the check is in the mail but thank you so much. <laughs> we thank, appreciate thank you so much. Oh, appreciate Jay, what's the what's the it line that we that you we, we we love you for loving us. Yeah, that's, that's, that's oh, what yeah. I like to say. We well, Ryan and I do us. go pretty far back. Um, as you mentioned, it, it has it has been over. It's been definitely over a decade, maybe yeah, at least a decade, a decade and, and a half. half. You know, yeah. <laughs> about a decade and, and a half. About fifteen years. Um, yeah, and you talk about like um. Transformation. I mean, just even the cause on, you know, Ryan and another one of your old colleagues, what you guys um, had booked me for a comedy show at one point in time. I had yeah. I had stepped into the comedy field and did a few comedy shows way back whenever, you know, probably no video footage of, thank God. But, you know, they had booked <laughs> me for a comedy show, and that's how I met Ryan. And I can say out of everyone that I had met during you know, that, that event, you're probably the only person that I still stay connected to. Um, and I have seen, you talk about transformation, I've done seen him transform from from that young uh, comedian showcase debut to what what you have become now, man. I just want to say, like, live in public, everybody's the witness that I'm so proud of this man right here and the things that he's allowing God to utilize him for. Right, like you, de- you deserve a standing ovation. They can't hear the hand clapping, but man, like I'm proud of you, and you know, for your co-host, I mean, for you to choose him, I know he has to be somebody just as relevant as you. So, um, man. So, well, you know, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> 
for me, you know, you got, I just feel like this is all around 360 uh, privilege, you know, so thank you for allowing me to come onto your platform today. Well, like I said, so thank you I for being like with to, us and, and talking to us and, and 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 all the kudos that you gave us and 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 we, we uh, I'm I'm happy I know Ryan said but I'm happy that you that you listen to the show that you you're familiar with, with with what we do and 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 it just feels good to know that that people are listening and, I, and a lot of people text me all the time and say yeah great show great show but you know the fact that you know him personally but don't know me personally and they're giving us those kudos it it it, it, it means even more so I appreciate that. Well, you know, I always say you're guilty by who you're associated with, you know, so. <laughs> you know, oh, grandma true. always say birds of a feather flock together. So <laughs> if we flocking, that's the good part. <laughs> right. We got to watch right. out for the chicken heads that ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so, speak, so speaking of the flock, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna move from us to you because everybody is listening okay, right okay. now to you because you are the main attraction today. So what I want you to do is fill us in on paid uh, your soon-to-be-launched nonprofit organization. Tell us a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, before I can really tell you about paid, I have to tell you where paid um, transpired from. So okay. um, anyone that's been following me, you kind of know, like, where I come from, you know, um, previously and still to this day. Um, the the odds are still against me in some favor because, you know, my famous name still carries a little bit more weight than my government name, but we're working on that. You know, God giving me blessings where we're opening brand-new doors, where my goal uh, is to out-trump the, the numbers of Google searches to the infamous name to convert them over to what I am now, right? But um, transpiring from that lifestyle, you know, it wasn't definitely it – a, it wasn't an easy task at all. Anybody that says that it's easy, um, they haven't done it. Um, a lot of people were like, well, we'll just stop. Well, it's not that easy. You know, especially when you have a lifestyle as I was in that you constitute your whole life on. You know, you got to think I, I have family members I was taking care of. I have children that I, I um, tend to, I had a household, and that was my way of living. So even when my spirit got to the point where it was like I don't want to show up to the set anymore, um, my, my bills knocking at the door told me I had to, you know. So um, it definitely wasn't an easy task. So I did finally get to the point where, you know, I, I, I kept setting up different escape goats from escape goals from, from the lifestyle that I was in. And honestly there's no there's no perfect plan to leave a situation, especially when you don't know the resources that are available to you. Um and in my case, there really was no resources available to me because there was no one that had anything set up for someone that says, Hey, guess what? Um I don't want to be a I don't want to be a adult film star anymore, <laughs> you know. And it's like, how do you go sit down in front of a person that really has no inkling of a crew with that lifestyle consists of, and right. tell them exactly the whole truth on this is what I this is what I'm trying to get away from, you know. So, yes, I left. I initially stopped my last performance with plenty of funds in my bank, you know. But I also left. I had a loft downtown Chicago. Um, I had I had just started going to Columbia College, so I had school tuition. At the same time, I had two children. Shortly after I slowed everything down, I realized that I was pregnant with my third child. Um, I still had financial obligations, you see. So my overhead for the month was eating at my bank account, 
without no new funds going into my bank account, right? So I say about like eight months down the line, I realized that, hey, I'm on my last breadcrumbs, right? I need to do something. And um, it was hard, y'all. Like, I mean, it was really hard. But at the same time, you know, um, I was, like, really growing spiritually. I was really growing, you know, um, with eliminating a lot of toxic people a lot of my life, a lot of toxic situations. Um, so I, I had no regrets and no, no inkling in my mind to turn back to to start adding more funds into my bank account. And the opportunities were there. I just didn't want to utilize them, right? So then I started, like, looking out for different um, ways to to get ahead, you know, because I'm looking like, man, at this rate, in a couple months, I'm going to be evicted because I'm not going to be able to pay this rent. I'm going to be kicked out of school because I'm not going to be able to pay this tuition. Me and my kids not going to be able to eat. And mind you, I went – I haven't been on any type of public assistance since I was probably 16 years old. So I did not know, I promise y'all, they sound so funny to some people because this is how they make their living. I did not know how to go down and fill out an application for public aid. I did not know how to fill out an application for any type of assistance at all because I never had to. You know, I was out making money from the time I was like 17, 18 years old. You know, I had I had the means to make it. So I didn't. I didn't need those resources, you know, so I became, it's like, you know, I kept going through different transitions through my transformation where now I'm at a transition of, man, how am I going to make sure me and my kids still have a roof over our head and we're going to eat because my bank account is getting low, right? And mind you, I was going out filing for, um, well, putting in job applications. That was my first mindset. I'm going to go get a job, right? Now, mind you, I was in that lifestyle since I was 18 years old. You know, I started dancing in Chicago when I was 18. So I didn't know what job skills I had accumulated, you know. I didn't know how to go. And I had a couple of different jobs here and there. I sold cars and then went back to dancing. I went and got my certified nurse's assistant certificate and then went back to dancing. It's like I kept resorting back to dancing, you know, after a short period of time. And I didn't know. I, didn't, I just didn't know. Like, I didn't know what to do. And at the same time, I'm still wrestling with my demons, you know. I'm trying to make sure my spirit is intact and trying to make sure I keep a roof over my head. It was like so many sores was, like, dagging at me at the same time, right? So I I finally got to the point where I started reaching out to resources. So people told me, I'm not going to say, it, it is major. I'm just going to throw them out like, you know, there's like, you got your, your Salvation Army, you got your Community Concerns, you got your, you know, all of these not-for-profit organizations that are out here that everybody's like, oh, if you're going to need for rental assistance or helping even build job resumes and so forth, you know, go to these organizations. Well, I went right. to these organizations, y'all, and they shut me down because they say, according to what I told them, I didn't have an immediate need for these organizations. You know, I didn't fit within the <laughs> box, which I felt that their criteria was very, you know, really mediocre for anyone. Like, I even had a woman – she asked me, so first of all, they were already, one woman, she tried to criticize me because she looked at my address and seeing, man, I had a loft right there, downtown Chicago, Congress, and Dearborn. So she immediately looked and was like, well, how do you afford to live in that zip code? That's not the point. <laughs> I need yeah. help right now. You know, so you're going to try to criticize me because my zip code is different than yours. You know, and then she, and it was crazy, she was a black woman, you know. So in the way even, like, she looked at me, like, by sitting around, Across, across from her desk, you know, like even when I got to the point 
to go to public aid. Once again, a black woman sitting on the other side of the desk. And it's like I, at some point I had to get cocky with him and like, hey, man, you're not too far from sitting on this side of the desk yourself. So count mm. your blessings while you can, you know. And the one woman at the one organization that I finally went to trying to um, seek rental assistance, and I wasn't behind yet, but I've seen it for, for coming, you know. I've done brand businesses, so I know how to budget the numbers, you know what I'm saying? And I'm looking like, man, by the point, gonna be, I'm going to be homeless by the time I have my child. I need to do something, right? So she asked me, she had the nerve to ask me, she was like, well, how if you say you haven't made any income in almost a year, and, of course, I couldn't tell her what I was doing. I learned right away, okay, I can't say that I'm, a, I'm an adult film star. I got to tell you. I model or something, right? <laughs> so I'm yeah. learning what words I even got to say to these people. So I said, um, she said, if you haven't done made any income in almost a year, how have you been paying your rent? Like you say your rent is a couple thousand dollars, and, you know, um, I'm looking at your utilities, and then you got two children running away. How you been able to do I set off my savings? And she was like, is that how you figure you're going to go through life? And I said, well, let me ask you a question, ma'am. I said, because I, wow. I already see I don't fit your criteria, so let me give you a lesson, and hopefully you learn this lesson and walk out the door and take this lesson into your memory bank. I said, God forbid, if they release you from your job position today, how long can you live off your savings? And she just gave me the offer like she couldn't believe. I said, so apparently I did something right at some point, right? So don't, mm. try, don't try to criticize me. I'm never going to allow you to belittle me because I don't fit within your idea of what type of lifestyle I should have been living. You know, so imagine if I would have told her the whole truth, right? This is what I'm thinking. So I just feel like, man, you know, that was just a really hard situation. I had another program that actually worked with, and to this day works with human trafficking victims. You hear me? They actually work with human trafficking victims. If you catch a prostitution case in Cook County, they send you to this organization. So I'm not going to say their name, but if you want to check it, do your research. Man, shenanigans. They had me go through this program because at one point in time, some years back, I did. I got busted in Chicago and had to go serve a day in jail. And in order to lose that charge, I had to go sit in this class all day with this organization. So fast forward, when I'm ready to make some changes in my life, okay, these people should be able to identify with me, right? because that's what they work with. But they work with street, I guess they look at it like street walkers. They couldn't, they couldn't fit the dynamics of my situation, right? right? So I call on them. They send me to this other organization who is there to help me build a resume, right? The person they connect me with was this young man that basically was trying to sleep with me in order to get me a job making minimum wage. Now, does that make sense to you? <laughs> if I wanted... <laughs> to sleep with someone to get on top, I know how to do that. I'm not going to sleep with you for a minimum wage job, right? So right. The organ- that organization went back to the organization that sent me there and told them basically I wasn't participating. I, and so I, but I kept calling her, like, what's going on? I haven't heard from them. Look, I, I need to tell you about these people you sent me to. So I finally got on the train and went over there. And got in her face and was like, hey, man, like, are y'all going to help me or not? Now, imagine, you know, you know the theory, like Tupac say, like, you knock on the door and like, hey, let me in. I'm hungry. I mean, I was getting to the point now I'm ready to kick the door in because you don't understand. I'm trying to do right here, and y'all don't want to help me, but you are set up as an organization that you are ready to help people like me, right? So right. You, on, the, on the outside, you're saying, hey, we're over here to help. Now, when I come help, 
You're trying to degrade me. You're not giving me the, the need, you know, helping me with my needs. And you sending me to people that's worse off than the people I'm trying to get away from. So I was like, man, I went over and she was like, well, they told me that you wasn't. And I said, here, I start showing her text messages, um, voicemails from the gentleman and everything. And I said, this is what you keep sending people to. I said, now, mind you, they might be weak-minded. The good thing for me, I'm not weak-minded. But I said, hey, when, whenever a person, if once they told you that, what was wrong with your position to call me to see what the real situation was? So once again, I, so through all of these, these interactions that I had with these organizations, once I was in need trying to make my transition, I was making notes to myself. Like, you know what? One day when I finally get on the upper hand, I want to go back and create a program that will help the person I was at that point in time, you know, to fill in the gaps for one, because there's too many, there's a lot of resources out here available to people, but people do not know what those resources are. And a lot of people like us that might just, hey, man, I, I might not be in need for you to really sit there and take care of me. I don't have a plot to live off of government assistance. I just need one leg to the next month, you know, there's no programs and there's no resources available. And the ones that are, you just, people don't even know they exist. So what paid is where the, the organization for one, one of our duties is to build the relationships, reliable relationships with the organization. So when I do send someone over there for one, you know, you can't be trying to pull shenanigans on them, <laughs> you know, Right. But two, I want to build, a, if there is solid organizations there, I do want to know who they are, what service you provide, so I can send the right people to you so you can continue to thrive. Not-for-profit organizations count on that the, the, the mission that they have in place to be fulfilled, and that is fulfilled by people coming to interact with them. So you're not necessarily going to go out and get your people. I help send them to you. That way it's a two-sided you know, the person receives the help that they definitely need, and the organization is able to provide the services that they claim that they provide, right? Right. So now, Nicole, I got a question the, for you. I got a question for you because I want to give some context to this for the people listening. Uh, now, for your transition, so when, and I, it may not be exact, you may not know exactly, when did you start to transition out of? the adult film industry and back into mainstream society, back going to school, back working. When did that transition The, tra- the transition actually began in April of 2017. So you say you don't know them dates. It's funny how them dates kind of stick with you. <laughs> April of, of, of 2017 is when the transition actually began. Now, okay. the transition, like I said, it wasn't an easy transition. So it's not like I just woke up one day, okay, yeah, we're going to go do this now. No, <laughs> it was not that easy at all. The transition, actually, and I spoke on this in previous um, interviews, so, you know, it's consistent. My very first, like, man, I got to do something different was when my uncle, who basically raised me, he passed away from cancer. Um, I got the call a few days before my birthday. His funeral service was actually on my birthday. Now, mind you, prior to that, I had already made – my um, vow to myself and God that I will not step into a church. Now, here it is that someone that I really hold dear to me, and mind you, I haven't had anybody major 
close to me in my life passed away since my grandmother passed away in 1994. So this was my first, like, real hit <laughs> in the test of someone passing away um, as an adult, you know. And my uncle was, like, everything to me, you know, and um, I had to go into the church. So it was like I remember crying. Um, even at home, I was my aunt gave me the call when I was when I was at home in California, and I had already had it planned to come out to the Chicago area for my birthday because I had a whole movie deal <laughs> uh, set up with West Coast Productions that was going to be shot around my birthday. You know, it's like I had the clubs booked, I had the parties, I had the girls ready, I had the videos, I had everything set. I was about to launch my very first movie, like my own personal production, you know, and um, here it is, a couple of days before my flight's supposed to take off, my aunt called me and let me know that my uncle did pass away, and then she was like, and I got to tell you, though, Nikki, um, the funeral is on your birthday, and I it just, like, hit me cold, right, I was like, oh, wait a minute, hold on, on my, on my birthday, <laughs> like, you know, and she was like, yeah, and I remember just crying, and then it hit me, like, wait a minute, hold up, wait a minute, I mean, I got to go into the church? Oh, man, the cold ain't too cool about going to church. It's the church these days, you know. And, man, I went to that church, and my uncle, he just was one of them, like, straightforward type people, but he was always, like, having you laughing. And you know how, like, um, you know, a person's life was fulfilled when by the, the, by the energy in a funeral service, right? Man, they had right. the slideshow going of my uncle's life, and I was just sitting there watching, and we laughing, and we crying, and we laughing, and we crying. And then it just, like, man, it's like I heard a sweet whisper in my ear. It was like, what's your slideshow, Nicole? And I was like, dang, what? What's my slideshow? And I, I mean, like, really, I just felt like I was the only person in that church. It's like everything just went silent. And I was like, man, I can't imagine my children sitting there with the coordinator trying to figure out, like, well, we could use this this pick, but... Nah, she got a bottle in her head. Oh, we could use this picture. Well, you know, she got it all spread out. You know, that is that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, man, like, what images can they really, what images am I leaving of my legacy? You know, that's not the legacy I want to be able to leave for my children or the people that claim they love me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to leave something bigger than that. So I started wrestling with my demons, y'all. Like, I started, you know, um, really looking at like, man, what am I what am I what am I leaving on this earth that's worth looking at? <laughs> and I realized what I had in process wasn't good enough. So now fast forward, uh you have you were developing this organization. You were mm-hmm. in the you were in the play Survivors Monologues and that was what, about a month ago? Yeah, oh my goodness. That a Survivor's monologue was so phenomenal. Um, big up to the director and the writer, Cassandra Bell. She was phenomenal to work with. I look forward to working with her on plenty more things. Man, she's no jokester, y'all. Anybody ever uh look to work with her, she's no jokester. You better come ready, equipped with what you got, man, and be ready to learn. Cause that's one thing I can say, man. I just love watching her and learning, you know, you always got to be humble and ready to learn from people. You know, you have to be coachable. And, man, she's so phenomenal. The play turned out so phenomenal, wonderful cast. And it, it, it just talks about we're survivors, we're not victims, you know. And even myself, you know, I've done been in abusive relationships um, 
So it just really hit home. I grew up in a household where I watched my mom and my dad fight and my mom get beat up by even other numerous boyfriends. I seen my dad put his hands on people. I seen it just I just seen how it just can transpire from one generation to the next generation. And it was like so even during rehearsals, man, I ain't gonna lie to y'all, I was sitting there like a big old baby, like, Okay, I think I'm gonna go call my daddy right now, you know. This is a, a little emotional and I um I was so excited to have my mother present. Cause I immediately when I when they called me about the role and asked me if I wanted to partake in it, and I was like, yes, definitely. Um, I called my mother and was like, man, I got something going on that you will be proud of, and I really want you to be there. And she was able to even get some healing and some closure from it. We're still waiting to hear back if it's gonna go on the road or if it's gonna go more. Cause it was two showings um, in one day, so we are. I'm still waiting, you know, to find out if it's gonna go anymore. But I feel like it's definitely something that needs to be heard because, see, from my perspective with domestic domestic abuses, you know, it can be a man and a, or a woman. It's not always the woman. Unfortunately, a lot of times the men don't speak up on it because, you know, y'all got this strong masculinity. You can't you can't never get showed out by a girl. But man, these women be out here beating the crap out of y'all sometimes, and don't nobody want to talk about it. Then what's so crazy is right everything happened. Um, so coincidental that that stuff with Bow Wow and his girlfriend happened basically the same day of the play. You know, y'all seen that, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, so. I was looking at that. Yeah, it, it was a really awkward situation because at the beginning, a lot of details didn't come out. Uh, but you saw the mugshot, and you see the mugshot of her, which was relatively clear. And then you see his mugshot, and I mean his face is just torn to shreds. And the first thing that a lot of people went to were the jokes about him getting beat up by a woman, and Mm -hmm. or what did he do for her to beat him up? Like it was some type of response, or and it's okay for her to beat him up because he may have done something. Yeah. Yeah, that, they that, that whole cut situation off his masculinity. <laughs> right. And, 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 and those I, things I, I tend... were also addressed in the play. Those things were also addressed in the play about how men also receive abuse from women. You know, um, it's, it doesn't Domestic domestic violence doesn't have a race. It doesn't have a social status. It doesn't have a gender. It doesn't have a sexual preference. It just happens, you know. Unfortunately, I done seen friends of mine that there were lesbian in domestic uh, relationships, and it, and what's crazy is, is those types of situations are even um, a little bit more awkward for like when when the police department is called and they come onto the scene and they laugh at the situations and it's nothing to laugh at. These are real life situations that are happening to people, and it just makes a person a little a lot more reluctant to to reach out to the people that's here supposedly to protect and serve us. You know, um, like even think about the person that just got their butt kicked by their woman the night before, and then look at the news. See, this is why I ain't never gonna talk. They laughing at Bow Wow. They gonna laugh at me too. You know, it makes right. people less reluctant to speak out. You know, when we speak I mean, about our situations that we are conquered, that we that we conquer, it makes the next person feel a lot more stronger to be able to speak about theirs. It gives them a lot more strength to come up out of their situation. And that's one of the reasons why I am so transparent about my past and where I'm at and where I plan to be in the future, because I do know that my whole thing is this. I feel as though I don't went through enough bull crap 
for everybody. You know what I'm saying? I done served enough mm. time in my own with my own demons that I feel like if I could come into contact with a person and help them avoid the bull crap that I done allowed myself to go through and the things that was inflicted on me, if I can give them a head start, my goal ain't for you to get where I'm at. My goal is to see people advance beyond where I'm at. You know, I don't I'm I don't want you to get where I'm at because that means you had to go through what I went through. I'm trying to give you a head start so you can bypass all that bull crap and get further. And by further means living in your purpose and being everything that you were initially designed to be. And that's not submitting to being beat the crap out of you. That's not submitting to laying on your back and counting on that to be your only means to make a, uh, to make, you know, a, 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 a living for yourself or your family. That means that you don't have to sit there and allow people to put you, belittle you, you know, um, just utilize our voice. And I feel like once you start utilizing the voice that God gave you, remember, action, the strength is in the power of the tongue. You know, God created the heavens, the earth, and even the hell by speaking it into existence. You know, it was all within your mouth. So the things that we speak into existence are the things that are going to multiply, right? We we watch, like you were saying even earlier, something about the media, like, man, you got to watch out what these media, what the media is portraying to us. They trying to feed us all this stuff about Jussie. They trying to feed us all of this stuff about Robert Kraft and all of the bull crap. They want us to know because, from what, first of all, if we paying attention to that, we're not going to pay attention to what's really important. We're going to exactly. continue to stay blinded. They trying, they trying to conflict your mind. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make yeah, sure you don't absolutely. know the difference between right and wrong. You know, so you, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I, I stay on social media, but I also guard myself on social media. I'm a person, I will block you on social media fast in a hurry. You'll be making a comment <laughs> to me one day and trying to figure out why you can't see my post the next. Like, I, I'm at a point in my life, and I used to let that type of stuff slide. Now I'm like, man, my number one goal in life is to protect my spirit. If you are toxic to my spirit, and you got to go. I will let go family. I will let go people who are supposed to be friends. I will let go social media if it gets to that point. I will, I will mm. not allow. I did not come to the point where I done came in life to allow my spirit to be drugged down by something like the media. So, you man, eat the fish, spit out the bone. But that stuff go. is and bull we- crap, how they immediately start, oh, he, he got beat up. Man, that stuff is wrong. That stuff is wrong. Whether it's a man or a woman, abuse is real, and people should not have to endure it. Now, Nicole, we're talking. We're um, you're also an activist. Am I correct? Am I accurate in saying that? Okay, so look, right. I seen the flyer, <laughs> <laughs> and I was on the phone because it's like the, y'all like the fourth, fifth person just within the past few days. This called me some like an activist, right? So I was just so happy on the phone with one of my friends when I the flyer came. I got quiet. He was like, what you doing? You weasel. I said, well, I'm looking at this slide. I said, am I considered an activist? <laughs> and he was like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, activists pretty much mean like you, you push people to make a movement and this and that. And I was like, but see, my, 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 I feel like I'm not an activist because I don't be out on the front lines. You know, I'll be looking at the protests and, you know, the, when they be marching and I ain't going to lie to you. I remember when they was doing something real big in Chicago. I told my husband, I said, I want to go. And he was like, man, you got to sit your butt down. <laughs> and I was like, he was like, you going to get hurt. I was like, I don't care if it's for a purpose. I want to go, <laughs> right? So I haven't got to the point where I'm, like, out in the front lines and stuff, though. So in my in my theory, you know, I'm not quite yet an activist. 
Um, but when it got broke down to me, I guess I'm an activist in the making. How about we say that? No, knowing you to for, make moves, but I haven't made the moves. I guess I don't know. Now, knowing you for as long as I've known you, and knowing how you're not afraid to speak up about certain subjects, uh, that's why I had put activist on that flyer because I consider that to be a level of activism. Uh, you're not afraid to engage in those conversations that a lot of people get afraid to engage in unless they're really prompted to. So that's why I put that. And also, and I want to tie it back with your organization paid uh, with everything that you've been through, uh, your industry affiliations and transitioning out of that uh, to getting back on your feet to abuse, to human trafficking, to all of the things that you've talked about uh, through and the things that you've experienced in your lifetime, uh, are there any specific causes that that PAID will be championing or any specific organizations that they'll be partnering with? Um, I do have a few different organizations that I hold very profound to me um, that, you know, we, we keep a tight niche, like, um, you know, but they, there's not too many here in the Chicago area, which is sad, but I am trying to develop new relationships with other people. Um, Right now, no, I mean, I just want a a person. It, it really comes back to, like, I just want an individual person to be able to come to one place. Okay, I'm going to use this scenario, right? You know, I love using parables. One of the things that I hate most, and I'm pretty sure everybody on this line, anybody listening can say they cannot stand it. If you know anything about me, I don't use the word hate too often, but I hate this. I hate when I am ill and I go to the hospital, right? I go into the ER. They say you're here. What do you need? I need to see a doctor, right? Right? That's the first thing they say. Right. I need to see a doctor. What do you need to see a doctor for? Oh, I have a headache. Say I have a headache. Okay. Have a seat. They call your name. You go to the back. What are you here for? I'm here to see a doctor. I have a headache. Okay. You wait again. Now you get called to go to the back. Then the nurse come in. What are you here for? I'm here to see a doctor. I have a headache. <laughs> then the doctor comes in. I'm here to see the doctor. Oh, then the registration comes in. I'm here to see a doctor. It's like, I don't, that's frustrating. That is a very frustrating process. By the time the doctor gets there, you forget what you're there for. Are you just so tired of seeing it? You're just willing to deal with the headache, right? That's what I feel that a lot of people, especially people that are used to getting up, going out, actually making a living for themselves. Man, first of all, for me to walk into a place that I'm in need when I'm used to being and provide for myself, that's a very humbling experience already, right? I should not have to feel like I'm any smaller of a person because now all of a sudden I need, I need assistance. You know, like I had to tell the woman at the public aid office, oh, no, I paid in. I'm a taxpayer. I done paid into this program. You're going to give me what I paid into. I'm still technically writing your paycheck. So I should not, you're not going to belittle me because now I need something from what you're here advertising yourself to be, right? So instead of going through the process of having to speak out my pain or my need repeatedly, paid is the organization. You come, you sit down, and you tell it to me, You are, are my staff. You bring it out, and then instead of you having to, go and keep repeating it to other people over and over again, 
I'm going to go repeat it for you if I have to. And that's, that's certain people like me. Like, say, for instance, if the drug dealer says, man, I really want to go get my life together, but I got this drug pack at home, and that's my only way to provide for my family. If I don't go get it off, we're going we're gonna to go without, right? But at the same time, I don't want to do it. You know what? You can actually come tell me that. You can actually come tell me that we're going to figure out how we get rid of this drug pack, right, for one get it out of your possession, and it's not going to go for price on the street. You know, we're going to get rid of it, and we're going to take you through the process that you really need to do to to get to where you need to be without having to go through the extra bull crap of getting there. You know, so I don't know if I answered your question. I, I just feel like, man, it's too many. It's too many. I, I remember a time that I needed rental assistance even after, you know, later on. I had a gap in my job, and I had my rent paid ahead, and I was coming to a point. I was just starting one job, but I was still, you know, kind of like in that position, and I went to one organization, and they told me they couldn't help me. It wasn't because of the money I made. It's the money they seen that I was about to make, but I ain't got it yet, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Then they sent me to another organization, another organization, another organization, all for them to just deny me. Guess what I was at that point? Frustrated. 215-383-3992 is the number to call. We're talking to Nicole B. Jones Davis, and I'm going to say it, author, activist. Uh, um, and I do that, author, actor, activist, um, business owner. A lot I'm, I'm going to put it, I'm putting it all out <laughs> there for you. I'm going to put it all out there for you. 215-383-3992 is the number to call. If you want to speak to us, Press the number one button and we will get you right on through. Um, and, uh, you know, as always, no matter if we move on topics, you can always talk to us about any topic that we are talking about today. Um, and just press the one button and we'll get you right on through. That's how we know we want to talk to us if you press the one button. Um, I wanted to move forward on, on some of the other things that's going on because we we're short on time. We only got about 15 minutes left in the show. And um and 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 Nicole, your your story is is compe- compelling. Compelling. Can I say that word correctly? Your story is compelling, and yeah. and we definitely we want to have you. I'm going to talk more about it, but I do want to get some of your opinions on some of the other things that's going on and where like how we were talking before the show. Um, like I said before the show, previous to the show or at the beginning of the show, top of the show, we talked about uh, Jesse Smollett. We talked about uh, R. Kelly. We talked about uh, you know Robert. All the things that's going on. One of the things that I did put out there was uh, earlier this week, an 11-year-old student was arrested um, from, from school, stemming from his refusal to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, this kid, 11, year old, 11 years old, in the sixth grade, um, he had a substitute teacher, mm-hmm. and this substitute teacher uh, was Cuban, from Cuba, actually. And the substitute teacher was um, had a problem with the, basically had a problem with the kid not not standing for the flag and basically got into an argument with an 11 year old child. He got in his face. She got got in his face, said, you know, if you don't want to be here, you should leave. Like an 11 year old kid has, has the ability to just up and leave the country. But, um, (laughs) you know, that being said, you know, I I have a, I, I had a certain problem with this story because, um, I posted on Facebook that when I was in high school, my last two years in high school, my homeroom, and mind you, I transferred school. So um, my homeroom in in, uh, in at the school I graduated from only ple- – well, their thing was we pledged allegiance the first day of school and the last day of school. That was their thing. 
Like that particular home, that was their thing. And that was going on well before I attended the school. Um, school pledges are not mandatory. That's what my problem is. Pledging The pledging of the allegiance, I mean, pledging allegiance to the flag is not mandatory. It's not a mandatory thing. And the school, I don't know if the school ever issued an apology to the kid or the kid's family, but in turn, the substitute teacher is no longer allowed to work in that district. So that tells me that the teacher was wrong and they acknowledged that the teacher was wrong. Can this, can this kid, you know, being arrested, you know, there, there needs to be something for this kid that had to go through this whole situation. I think it's it's shameful that the kid had to go through that situation. And I, I really think that the, you know, the kid should have an apology if he hasn't had one yet. I don't know. You know, you're not going to hear too much about that, but um, I wanted to get your guys' opinions on that um, before we, I do want to talk about the Coast Guard, uh, the the Coast Guard situation as well, but I'm going to get you guys' opinions on that real quick. Nicole, you go ahead and have that first. Well, I I, I was talking about that situation on my Twitter. Um, I'm not going to lie; I hear the apology, but I, I feel like we get to the point, man. I'm tired of you stepping on my shoe deliberately, and you all you're giving me is an apology. I'm just tired of apologies. I'm ready for some action, like me personally. Um, I, yeah, finding y'all y'all fired the woman and she's not allowed there but the school has to take their responsibility for their part too they allowed the police to be called the teacher can only do so much from her classroom so she had to go to a higher superior to allow the police to be called in the first place so at some point someone else should have at least separated them found out what was going on truthfully and diffused it before it even got to us you know, in other words, us to the media for them to throw their spin on it anyway. So me personally, I'm just tired of an apology. That That's just not good enough to me. That's an 11-year-old child, and I know what type of damage that could do to a person because the first time I ever had cuffs on my on my wrist was I was 11 years old. I was thrown to juvie when I was 11 years old. And honestly, you talk about me being opinionated, I guess it's a good and a bad thing because that's <laughs> when I learned how to speak up. <laughs> like, for real. So... I mean, been on it. It needs to be more than an apology. All right, that. Now, for, in my opinion, uh, for one, it, it took me immediately, being that it was in Florida, it immediately took me into <clears throat> my feelings about Trayvon Martin. Uh, we had just talked about his birthday just passing. Uh, it was a situation that escalated to a point where it didn't need to. Uh, if the school itself, not even just the teacher, if the school felt like that situation where an 11-year-old not saying the pledge warranted a police response, I would not want my child going to school there. And I say that as a father of a middle schooler in Florida, my daughter goes to school, public school in Florida. I would not want my child going to that school knowing that if they stand up for what they feel, for whatever their religious belief may be, you they have they didn't issue any type of context to the police presence and why the child was arrested for not standing and saying the pledge, but in this day and age with the climate that we have politically, socially, uh, religiously, you have to be more aware 
of what goes on and mm-hmm. to immediately escalate that situation to the point where an 11-year-old child gets arrested, the school district is lucky that it was not me. <laughs> and I just want to I mean, add in, too, not to mention the other children that were standby watching this happen. You know, how it affects even them. The apology needs to extend. If my child was in the classroom watching another child go through that, and the way that teacher was taunting him, well, if you don't like it here, then go back to Africa then. Come on, man. Are you serious? That's a, I, wonder, I wonder if all the kids stood up for the, for the pledge the next day. I wonder if they, man. like, all oh, was like, all right, I'm staying. I ain't going through that. Or if they said, let's see what this teacher does. Today. Well, they didn't have the same teacher the next day, but and I just kind of wonder what the kids did. Because I know, I know personally myself, I would have, would have towed the line. I know me. I know how I am sometimes. I would have towed that line of I maybe I would if I if I would have stood up, I would have stood up at the very last moment to stand up. Like I'd have waited for that look or something like that. Like I would I just wonder how those kids reacted and and you know I wonder how diverse the school was because this was this was a, a black kid and the, the teacher, the substitute teacher was uh was Cuban. So I just wonder, you know, how, how diverse the, the school was itself. Um, one of the other things that, and, and I want to talk, let's talk about Coast Guard. I don't want to talk about, uh, Jussie Smollett yet. I don't even know if I want to talk about it all. Cause it's so crazy. That situation is so crazy. I don't even know if I want to. We, we can skip, we can skip, we can skip Jussie. Cause I mean, that's just. Can I give you my theory? Everybody wants to talk about though. Go ahead. Can I give you my theory? Cause I haven't heard my theory said not one time. And we're going to say it first right here on block two. Okay. All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I don't believe. He intended for it to go as far as it went. I just don't believe it. And that's not giving him an excuse. And, yes, he still had the opportunity to say, hey, okay, I was crying wolf. I believe that show was for that person he was on the phone with. Think about it. From the beginning, from the beginning when it first came out, they said he is not the one that called the police. He did not want to go to the hospital. He did not want the police in his house. He did not want to make a report. That show was not for us. That show was for the person he was on the phone with to make whatever point. Maybe he wanted more money. Maybe he wanted to make a little bit more relevant. Maybe he wanted something else. But that show, I don't believe he ever believed exactly. He was trying to look a little bit more relevant. You know, he wanted more money. I believe he was on the phone with like his agent or his manager, right? It was either agent or manager I think he was on the phone with. Right. And and they were in Australia. That's just my theory, though. Yeah, that's well. Here's my theory. Here, here's my theory. Talk about it. Here, here, here's my. It's not a theory, but here, <laughs> when, when the when the when it first came out, when the story first came out, my f- initial feeling, my very initial feeling, and I haven't spoken on this a lot. Um, my very initial feeling was, since when do Mag- like I I had a hard time believing that MAGA supporters that were capable of doing this act actually paid attention enough to Empire to know who this guy is coming out of a subway at 2 o'clock in the morning. That was my initial right. reaction. That was one of my thoughts, right? too. My and in then, Chicago. In, 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 yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, in anywhere, Chicago. really. Like, just, you know, I, I have a hard time believing that MAGA supporters are watching Empire. Honestly, I just I just do. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, huh, Everything else, like I, I guess, everything else from some, that point. Aren't some "Make America here. Great Again" people gay themselves too, though? So um, I'm sure that was already kind of like 
that was kind of like already kind of, you know, well, wait a minute, but, though. Just because but then they here, here was another the red thing hat that, don't mean they're not gay. Here was another thing that kind of st- struck me as weird. These guys are just walking around with a noose and, and bleach just randomly right. at 2 o'clock in the morning in Chicago. Like, that was kind of weird to no me, good. too. I'm not saying it can't happen because maybe they were looking for some trouble. I thought that was kind of weird, too. I- I'm just saying. The part now that I'm afraid of is that one of them jokers will actually go do something like that for real now. And, of course, mm-hmm. it's not going to be taken nobody's gonna correctly believe it. because nobody's going to believe it. Because exactly. those things really do happen. That's the sad part. It really does happen to people. It's just you, it happened to someone of significance. You know, he might not be a high significance to some people, but he's still significant. You know, he right. holds some type of public stature. So we paid attention to it. He made us, I posted about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he made you want to defend him. I'm not an Empire fan. I don't watch the show at all. But I, 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 I like, hey, this shouldn't be happening. But yeah, I haven't watched the show since 2017. Real powerful people stand up on. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely did. That'll go into a whole nother debate, but I'm, there's a reason why I stopped watching it. Matter of fact, he's the reason why I stopped watching it. But that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> that's, so, that's a whole nother topic. So let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about this Coast Guard. We have under three minutes left in the show. Um, let's talk about this Coast Guard officer. What is it, Ryan? Is, is an officer in the Coast Guard? Uh, now don't give me the line because I'm trying to figure out what the exact title is. I know. I believe he was a lieutenant. Uh, let me double well, check. Well, I mean, but well, I believe... I'm just saying, like, is it is it considered a soldier? Is it considered a set? What is the Coast Guard considered? Uh, so, well, Coast Guard is a very, very unique branch of the United States Armed Forces, so I really don't know what they are. They're not soldiers, they're not <laughs> okay. airmen, they're not seamen. Officer. They are Coast Guard Coast Guard officer people. on the news report. Off- <clears throat> officer? Okay. Officer. Yeah. So he was not an officer smart. because he was, he was a lieutenant. Oh, hold on, though. So they say lieutenant. He was a lieutenant. Right. Okay, so, so he's, he's a lieutenant. Okay. Because he is a lieutenant, so he is high-ranking. Uh, he was arrested on gun charges and drug charges. And there Do we was have his name? Information that he had a list of Democratic officials that he wanted to kill. Uh, so it was it was just nuts. His name is Christopher Paul Hassan. He is from Silver Spring, Maryland. Uh, he is an alleged white supremacist, and he had a hit list that had uh, some prominent Democratic politicians and journalists from CNN and MSNBC. So uh, he wanted to kill Cory Brewer, Chuck Schumer, uh, Richard Blumenthal. It was it was just a mess. Uh, but I don't even want to get into it because I know we only got about a minute left. Yeah, we got about yeah, we definitely got about a minute left. And I want to thank uh, Ms. Nicole B. Jones Davis for being with us. We got to have you back on and get into more of what paid does. I know you got some more things coming down the pike that uh, we did not yes, get into sir. today that we will want to get into. And I, I want to thank you for being with us today, Ms. Davis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me once again. Um, we got under a minute left. All right, Dad, you, you got any last words? Oh, man. I'm just, Nicole, I definitely want to say thank you again uh, for coming on and talking to the people. It has been an amazing 2019 so far for us here on Intelligent Ignorance. 
Next week, we are going to have Logan Jenkins, who is the writer of a new series that will be released soon, uh, which I am actually featured in, called Ride or Die. It is something that you definitely want to check out. And, man, thank you all again for locking in with us. Jay, what you got? Hey, look, um, I'm, uh, we, I want to thank everybody for checking us out today. Uh, check me out on Philly Go Flow uh, all week long. And uh, like I say, it's, it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you. So get out there, mark yourself, meet somebody. We love y'all for loving us. We out of here. Peace. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.